This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Entrepreneurship by Design with Dr. C. I'm your host, Dr. Caroline, and thank you so much for joining us today. Entrepreneurship looks different for everyone. How and why we start our business, challenges that occur, pivots we have to make, success we achieve, all while life is happening. That's why I love sharing these inspiring entrepreneurs with you and shed light that there's enough room for everyone to succeed and thrive, even if you're in the same industry. I am so honored today because I have David Price with me. David is a former angry husband and dad, and now he helps family men stop taking out their frustrations on their wives and children. He's a certified professional life coach. And thank you so much for being here today, David. It's such an honor to have you. And I would love for you to just dive into your journey. What got you here today? And we can dive a little bit deeper. Well, it's awfully messy. So um, sure, I'm happy to. So I'm a certified professional life coach, um, but I did not start out to do that. Uh, it's funny, I seem to fall into everything that I do. I've been a minister uh, for over 30 years. I kind of fell backward into that and fell into coaching. Um, so the reason that I ended up coaching is because my life was a complete mess. Um, I was about 100 pounds overweight. I was completely miserable. I slept in as late as I could. I watched TV all night and went to bed late. And I hated myself. I was miserable with who I was and what I was. Um, and I just got to the lowest possible point. And when I just, I, I just felt like I couldn't take it anymore. And I asked a friend of mine who kind of seemed to have this stuff together, if he had a book that he could recommend for me. And he recommended The University of Success by Og Mandino. And by the second chapter, my life was completely changed. And I devoured the book and the book led to more books led to seminars, coaches, live events, videos. Um, and the more I learned, the more it just completely changed my life. And the big moment for me was taking personal responsibility. My father passed away when I was seven, and that was always my excuse. I can't ever amount to anything because I never had a dad to show me how to be what I need to be. And that was always my fallback position. And so um, what I was learning was that I could take personal responsibility for my life and everything in it. When I did that, I began to make changes and my life completely turned around, lost the weight, kept it off, extremely happy, better family situation, not because they changed, but because I did, you know, income increased exponentially. And um, so I was so excited and fired up by that that I wanted to share that with other people. And I just wanted to talk about it all the time. I just wanted to talk about personal growth all the time. You know, my family kind of got tired of that, you know, dad's throwing out the cliches and all that stuff. And so I had to talk to other people about it. And so finally I thought, why don't I just do this? I'm still in ministry. I'm still a full-time minister, but I also have had for several years um, a coaching program, a couple of them, uh, where I'm able to help other people do the things that I was able to do. And it's just been a tremendously rewarding 
although sometimes extremely painful and very difficult journey in trying to build the business and help as many people as I can. Yes, no, and I so appreciate you sharing that. And it just really goes back to the fact that one book started to change your entire life, even just to chapter two, which speaks volumes. And I'm so curious because when that started to shift, because it sounds like it was more of like that mental shift too of being able to figure out, okay, what is those, what are those next steps? And so as you started to make those changes, what did that look like for you when you were reading, like even just that first chapter, what was that shift for you? It's about, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. It was so amazing. Um, and you're right, the power of a book, the power of, a, of even a video or somebody comes into our life or whatever. But again, the, the main thing, the biggest thing was that I'd always seen myself as a victim. And so really, I was waiting for something to happen. I was waiting for, for me, it was God. I was waiting for God to do something in my life, to change, you know, or for somebody to come into my life and wave a wand and everything's going to change. But what I learned about that was that I could make changes. I could change my habits. I could change my mindset. I could change the thoughts I was thinking. I could change the words that I was saying and how powerful that is. Um, I did not have to be a victim of the quote unquote negative things that were happening in my life. And I could have, you know, what we call agency or control. I could meet the things that were happening and decide how I wanted to uh, to respond to them. You know, Viktor Frankl in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, said that the last of the human freedoms, and he was in concentration camps, and he said the last of the human freedoms is our freedom to choose our response in any situation. I never knew I had that freedom. So as the negative thoughts would come up, I realized that I could challenge them and I could replace them. And I learned how to do that as, as negative people came into my life. I always took that personally. If somebody treated me badly or didn't speak to me, it's because I'm a horrible person. Now I realize that I could take control of that and deal with that in a positive way. And so I just stopped being a victim and stopped being helpless. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a really good point, too, when it comes to just that victim mentality and being able to shift that and understanding that it's not personal. It's how we respond to the negativity and being able to set boundaries or not have that energy in our um, universe, essentially, and environment, but being able to understand, too, what's best for us, because you're right, the negativity, it can really impact us or think, what did we do wrong? Or what what's wrong with us when the reality is, it has nothing to do with us, maybe something we've said or whatever. But most times than not, it has nothing to do with us. It's just how that person's going about life or having a bad day. There could be so many moving factors in that regard. And I'm curious, because as you started to do more of the personal development, your family might have gotten a little frustrated with how much you were talking about it. <laughs> I'm all for it, but just kidding. <laughs> but I, I love that you just really dove into it and really were building upon yourself and being able to lose the weight, the mentality too, just what you, it sounds like the heaviness that you were carrying from just childhood till now and being able to really focus in on what's best for me, what's going to be best for my family too. When you started to really look into more of the coaching aspect, what was that journey like for you when it started with life coaching? Well, it's funny. I I, I started doing it um, very um, not as a professional, but 
um, in the mornings after my run, I just started posting videos right after my run. And um, I wanted to be sweaty. I wanted it to be in the moment. I wanted to be breathing hard um, in the winter. My glasses are fogged up. And I wanted, and I think a lot of people are afraid when they think about becoming an entrepreneur or starting a project or a business, they're afraid of the imperfection, the messiness and that sort of thing. My videos initially were really jank. I mean, they were on my phone. It was outside. You could hear the wind. I was sweaty, but, um, you know, one thing that we have to overcome as entrepreneurs is this idea that everything has to be perfect before we put it out there. Mm -hmm. What put, but what, perfects it or improves it is putting it out there and then working off the feedback that we get. And so I was putting out these amateur videos in the morning. And all I wanted to do was encourage people. I wanted them to see me running and sweaty and tired and breathing hard. You know, I'm, I'm not a fast runner. I'm an amateur. I'm a hack. But I wanted people to see that and to be encouraged that you don't have to be Usain Bolt to go out and run and, you know, and have and be successful at at fitness. Um, And so I started doing things that were very amateurish. They were very uh, in the moment. And then as I was doing that, I realized that that was helping people. And so I thought, why don't I actually get training and learn how to do that? And so I got certified as a professional life coach. And even at that point, um, you know, I'm not a digital creator. I'm not a production expert, as you can tell. I mean, you know, with all of this. Um, and so, but I just decided that I was going to go out and do what I could do. I'm going to help the people I can help, whether they're paying me or not. Um, I'm going to, you know, put videos. I'm going to post things. And I'm just going to start putting stuff out there. And as I did that, almost imper- imperceptibly, it was growing. Um, and, you know, one thing that that I struggle with that I try to remind myself about all the time is how far I've come. And it's really easy to forget. And I think to myself, five years ago, if I would have said to myself, you're going to have the amount of clients that you've had and have right now, you're going to have two coaching programs you're going to be doing amazing podcasts like this. You're going to be putting out videos. You're going to have helped dozens of people who've gone through your program and speak in front of hundreds. That's what your life is going to be like five years from now. I would have been over the top excited. But now all I can tell myself is you're a failure. You're not doing enough. You haven't had enough people. You haven't had enough success. Which just goes to show, I think, doctor, that what we've got to remind ourselves is that with every new level, there's a new devil. Every place that you get to has its own challenges. And imposter syndrome is not something you ever get over having. Everybody has it. And so I think, you know, when people are starting out with the entrepreneur journey, there's a couple of huge things. That's one of them. You think that when you get to a million dollars and you're successful, then you're going to have all the confidence. You don't, you're Mm -hmm. still going to struggle. And I think one of the biggest things I wish that I could have gotten in my head, even though people told me was how long it takes to really grow and make an impact. You think, you know, it's going to take a while. You Mm -hmm. don't know it's going to take longer than you think. And I, you know, I got very discouraged. I quit at one time. I entirely shut down the program. I quit doing anything on Facebook. I quit entirely because I was so discouraged. 
I love coaching, but I hate marketing. And I just quit altogether. Uh, and thanks to the feedback and the people who really wanted the program to continue, we started it back up and now it's grown. But I guess my point is that no matter what point you get to in your success, it's never going to stop being hard. So you got to be ready for that. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You said so much there. But the main thing too is that imposter syndrome. And I think there's some people that say they, they've never experienced it. Some people have, and I feel like most people have. You're a rarity if you haven't, um, which I want to take notes. How did you get over it? <laughs> but I think it's really about understanding too the fact that every time we up level or have something new, the imposter syndrome comes in for me at least because it's something unfamiliar and you're just trying to navigate that. And I think, you know, you said about like just being messy and understand like with the videos when you started running and you were sweaty and just like in the moment. But I think that's what there's growth there. And it's understanding you have to start somewhere and being a recovering perfectionist. I definitely understand <laughs> the aspect of not wanting <laughs> to put things out there until it's like perfect or it's ready. But I realized even like, with the podcast, it's newer. And I just like put it out there. And like, I had to change, like I had to work with a brand strategist and get all these things done in order to just put it out there because the content's great, but it's right. maybe the delivery might not be perfect, but like going back to your point of like, you love the coaching aspect and marketing might not be your favorite thing. I can agree <laughs> and relate, but I think it's just, there's something beautiful about being able to see that growth of the last few years of how much you've grown and just being able to put your programs out there and understanding that there's this concept sometimes of like not being good enough, but realizing you are good enough and you will only continue to grow. But entrepreneurship, you're right, it is longer than you think. I thought I would be a millionaire in six months of starting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's so funny. I was a, 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 a new coach, brand new coach called me one day and he said, I just want some advice. I said, well, tell me, you know, kind of what you're planning, what you're doing. And he said, well, I'm doing this and this and this. And he said, and in six months, uh, I intend to have a program with 100 people in it. And I'm going to end. And I was like, pump the brakes, man. I mean, you got, look, it's, it's, this is not what you think. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I mean, we're ambitious. I'll, I'll give us that. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And, and it's good. You know, one of the things I teach in my programs is, you know, vision, creation, goal setting, putting a time limit, all that stuff. You've got to have all that stuff, but you've got to balance that with patience with understanding it takes a while i mean there's got to be a balance there but um you know expecting too much too soon is a guaranteed recipe for failure it's just not going to work no you're spot on and i'm curious with your programs can you talk a little bit more because i know you said you had two programs what do those look like and how do you work with your clients yeah so i've got two um two programs one is a, a group program uh, and it's for any man or woman who wants to overcome obstacles and achieve any goal that they have, it's, if it's weight or money or whatever that is. We've had people all uh, from all walks of life and all desires have gone through the program and had a tremendous amount of success. Um, and then I also have a new program for husbands and fathers who are tired of taking out their frustrations on their wives and children. And so uh, it's built for them to help them deal with their stresses and frustrations and treat their wives and children better so they can be the loving and strong husbands and dads that they want to be. And that, you know, that's something that's near and dear to my heart because 
when I was miserable, uh, I was angry. I was frustrated. I took it out on my wife and my kids. I yelled. I used name calling and horrible things that that are so regrettable. Um, but I did all that. And so once I started to work on myself, I was able to get out of all of that um, and now have a much better relationship with my wife and my children. So the, the structure of the programs is, is the same. That second program, by the way, is a hybrid. It's a one-on-one -on -one and group. Um, but the structure of the programs is basically the same. We, we teach four pillars of life change. Um, and the first pillar is taking responsibility for your life and everything in it. The second pillar is taking control of your thoughts and words. The third pillar is creating a very specific vision for your life and staying connected to it daily. And the third pillar is setting initially setting one specific goal, setting the one goal that will move the needle most on all of the other parts of your life and, and focusing on that goal over several weeks. And so the structure is basically the same. Um, and so we have content. I, I record videos. I send out the content. Uh, the client watches the content. They do the homework, quote unquote homework. I still haven't found, maybe you can help me, doctor. I still haven't found a good term for that. Uh, homework is stinks, but anyway, that's what it is. Um, and so, and then we get together depending on the program uh, on a one-on-one -on -one call or a group call. And on the group calls, I give all new content every week. And we deal with the specific struggles that the client is going through. And so that's how the program is structured. And those are the pillars of the program. Mm. I love how you have the pillars because it really breaks it down of just like that journey for them to get to their best selves and feel less frustrated or angry or upset and understanding there's more to life. But I love that you focus on the one, like in the third pillar, I believe, of just the one goal of being able to understand, okay, what is going to help move that needle forward versus looking at everything all at once, because right. that can be so overwhelming, especially if you're in that process of change, because yeah. change doesn't happen overnight. It takes time, especially if it's something so massive and, but breaking it down into one goal that can really understand each element and aspect of their lives. Yeah. And one thing I learned from my, my coach, Tom Kroll and, and you know, over the years, and I, I, I don't share that. I know how this could come across. I don't share this to brag or to, you know, any unworthy fashion, but simply to impress upon people, doctor. And I think you would agree that what you pay for, you pay attention to. Yes. And, you know, people who are addicted to free, like I was for a long time, um, getting books from the library, which is fine, watching free videos, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But when you do not financially invest, you do not get the full benefit. And so um, um, I, over the years, I have spent over $40,000 of my own money on coaching for me and for my business. And the only reason I share that is because that's a lot of money. And I know that it's worth it. And, and, and many of the programs that I've been in have not delivered to me the exact result that they said they would, but that is not wasted money because it got me used to, to investing. It got me used to, to having heartburn about making a hard decision and making it anyway. I got something from all of them, whatever it was. And so I just really encourage people, not because I want their money, because I don't need anybody's money and they may not even invest with me, but people who want to really move the needle need to make an investment of money, of time, of effort in their schedule 
You've got to invest in it or you're not really going to max out everything that you can do. But anyway, so my coach, Tom Kroll, um, what he taught me was to structure a coaching program as a series of small wins. And I think this is brilliant. And so what I share with my clients is we're going to get one small win today. And your small win today might be to answer the question, who am I blaming and what are my excuses? Or your small win for today might be to start reading a personal growth book. Or your small win today might be to create a vision board. But what leads to success is what you just said. It is a series of small wins, not a bolt from the blue that changes everything at once. Mm-hmm. That that's what I was waiting for, and it never happened, and it was never going to happen. Mm-hmm. No, I really like the how you put the investment aspect and understanding that even if you don't get what you were promised from a coaching program or anything along those lines, you've learned so much of maybe how to go about something, what not to do. Like there's so much, there's so many lessons in that, even if it's frustrating or you're investing a lot. But I do agree. I think the investment piece. The moment I started investing in myself financially things shift because I was very similar to him, like the free sample or like, I'll just look at it or read it (laughs) like so similar. But at the same time, I've seen so much growth when I have invested, there's such a difference and you don't have to invest $50,000 the first time ever, but it's looking at like what works for you. And I I do think there's going to experts that are in that field that can help you move the needle forward or maybe even two needles forward by being able to do that instead of trying to figure it out on your own because that's a lot of time and energy that could be spent elsewhere helping your clients. And speaking of clients, I would love to know just one or two client success stories. I know you have a lot, but if you could just pick one or two. Sure. Sure. So the one that um, that always comes to mind, and I'll, I'll share a couple, um, but one that always comes to mind early on in my coaching program, we had a client and I was going through and I, I'd structured the program differently at the time, but I was going through on a group call asking people what it was they wanted to accomplish. And I had, I had um, a client who said, I hate my father and I hate my brother and I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted with the hatred. I'm worn out with the hatred and I don't want to hate them anymore. I'm I'm tired of hating my family and I want to stop and I want, I want this program to help. And I'll be honest with you, Caroline, I had not been coaching very long. I already sort of had my the structure of my program in place. But when he said that, I thought, oh, my lens, I'm not sure I've got anything for you, man. I'm not sure that we can, you know, I was I was kind of panic stricken. Mm-hmm. But um, so I took him through the program and I kid you not. And when I hear stories like this, I, I blow them off. But I, I swear to you, this is the truth. A month into the program, we got on the call and we got to him and I said, hey, how's it going? He said, I've stopped hating my dad. I've stopped hating my brother. I've eliminated those feelings. I've gotten rid of those feelings. And and I, he said, I'm, 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 I'm so much where I want to be right now. And the takeaway that I got from that was that when we follow proven steps, which you don't have to get those from me, success leaves clues. You can get them from whoever really knows them. But when you follow the proven steps of success, you get success. You reach your goals. Um, success leaves clues. And, and what we need to do is reach out just like I did that day in the gym with my friend, when I was at the rock bottom of my life and I was, I was over it. 
I was so, so distraught. I reached out to him. He was able to put me in contact with a book. So many times over the years, the answer has been another person or a book or a series or a seminar or a course. Mm -hmm. The answers are out there. And I guess one thing that I really encourage people to do is to never lose hope. Um, you know, I was, I was a hundred pounds overweight for many, many, many years. I tried a million different things. None of them worked. What worked was perseverance. What worked was continuing to try. If I had quit the time before it worked, I would still be looking at about 300 pounds, but I kept trying because the answers are out there and I just don't ever want people to give up hope. Uh, another thing kind of, so I wanted to share a couple of examples from a couple of different yeah. perspectives. Um, I have a client who owns two businesses um, and she came into my program um, and a couple of things that she really needed work on and that really moved the needle for her. First of all, her self-talk, um, she's completely negative with her self-talk. She did not believe she could really do anything. She had come from a background in her family where she was marginalized and she was disregarded and uh, and all of that. And, and her other big issue was time management, which I tell people really, there's no such thing because you can't manage time. It always passes at the same rate. You can only manage yourself. But, um, but her time management was an issue. Her self-talk was an issue. So she came into the program and within a month of being in the program, and there's nothing magical about a month. Not everybody does it in a month. I'm not, I'm not promising that, but a month into the program, she had doubled her income simply because she had changed her self-talk and she had learned to manage her time more wisely um, and get more into the day than she had been getting into it. And she was able to double her income. So again, it's not a matter of magic formulas. It's not a matter of getting lucky. It's simply a matter of learning the system of success, which I think, doctor, and I think you would agree, mm -hmm. it's the same for everybody. It, it's no, it's nothing that I have that's locked away somewhere. It's nothing that you know that nobody else knows. Mm -hmm. But when you go to a qualified person who A, has done it, and B, knows how to teach it, that's going to get you where you want to go if you will do what they teach. It's always on the person who's being taught. Exactly. It's putting in the work. I just had a conversation the other day about the same exact concept of you can have all the tools given to you, but if you don't take action, if you don't do the work, nothing will change because you're not changing your actions and your behaviors. But you're right. It's when you've done the work and you, people can do the work, but not everyone can teach the work. And I think that's a huge part of what you're saying as well, of being able to teach it and just giving the tools and helping guide them while they're doing that work too. They're like step-by-step step with you versus like somebody's right. way ahead and someone's way back right. like side by side. That's what, how I always envision it. And just, it like popped up clearly yes. in my head when you said yes. it, because I, I think it's a, it's teamwork. It's a partnership. Yes. You're in it together, but you have to be doing it as well. You can't just expect somebody to be like, here's the tools and then not do anything with them because that's Doesn't not going to work. work. Does not work. Mm-hmm. Yep, spot on. <laughs> and so with all the work that you have done, I'm curious with building your business, I know we talked a little bit about like marketing wasn't maybe your favorite thing, but has there been any like obstacles in building your coaching business and program? 
<laughs> Sometimes I think there hasn't been anything but obstacles in building the coaching <laughs> program. So most of the obstacles are um, are in my head. Um, most of the obstacles are my obstacles. Um, initially, you know, being scared um, to to put things out, being scared to get started, and this has been the pattern, uh, you know, over my entire life always being scared to put something out because what if somebody asked me a question I don't know or whatever. So most of it is is within me. So once I was able to really get a handle on my mindset, which um, I've got a friend, Jay Connor, who teaches people how to invest in real estate using private money. But what he always teaches his real estate students is you cannot succeed in the real estate business until you own the real estate in your mind. And he's exactly right. And so what I would encourage any entrepreneur at any level, but particularly starting out and particularly if you're struggling, it's easy to look at the struggle as being a marketing or logistics matter. It's always a mindset matter. Always. It's always a mindset matter because any logistical problem can be overcome. I love Marie Forleo's statement, everything is figure outable. I, I have lived by that. Somebody knows the answer somewhere and you can probably hire them for 10 bucks on Upwork. I mean, somebody knows the answer, right? So that, that's been the biggest thing. Um, and then just the, the uh, trying to scale has been extremely difficult for me. And I, I teach people not to use the word difficult. So, you know, slap on the hand to myself there. But um trying to scale has been difficult. And I have been to many, many different coaches trying to figure that out. Um, the beautiful thing is that even though none of them so far have really been able to help me, except for the one I have now, um, as I said, I got something from all of them. I, I did want to share this um, uh, with you, doctor, if I could, yeah. kind of going back to our point about I teach my students and clients. So there's no such thing as a wrong decision. Um, and what I mean by that is, I don't mean ethically, morally, and legally. Um, there certainly are wrong decisions in those regards. But as long as it's moral, ethical, and legal, there's no such thing as a wrong decision. So when I hired a coach, I, I paid a coach $12,000 um, for marketing coaching. And what he promised me, he did not deliver. However, what he did do for me, was the way he structured his program answered my question of how to structure my program in a way that worked for me. So it was an amazing thing. Mm -hmm. I did not get the marketing out of his program, but I learned how to structure my program in a way that I could scale it and reach more people in less time. And so that's an example of what I was saying. Even though I didn't get what I was after, I got something that I think has been even far more valuable than that. So again, when we're, when we're going and trying to get from people the answers to our questions, don't just listen for the answer to the question you asked. Listen for everything and watch everything that you're seeing because you're going to get something valuable out of it one way or the other. Um so, but yeah, that's been my biggest problem has been scaling. Uh, thankfully, again, because of persistence, I'm now probably on my fifth, sixth, or seventh coach on how to scale. Um, but what he's helping me with has been tremendously valuable. And so, again, the answer is don't stop 
Mm-hmm. Keep searching and asking and seek the, what the Bible says. Keep knocking, keep seeking, keep asking, and eventually you're going to get your question answered. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, you know, not one person has all the answers. And I think right. that's a beautiful thing that you didn't give up. And like what you were talking about earlier, having the hope that, okay, there is somebody that can help me in that capacity. And if the first person can't, okay, well, maybe you learn, what did you learn from that person? What did you, where's the beautiful lesson in the mess and everything else? And I think that's our entrepreneurship in general of being able to understand that and navigate through the mud and you'll get out, but it, it takes time and that's okay. It's being persistent and not giving up and knowing that there's something bigger and waiting for you but you have to just keep moving forward and knowing when time is to throw in the towel with a certain coach, but being able to realize, okay, that has nothing to do with maybe that coach or you, it's just not the right fit or the right match at that time or what you're looking for or searching for, but you pulled what you needed from that person and then you can continue forward. And so with everything that you've shared, you've given us so many tips, but what would you say are your like top two tips that you have learned on this journey? Um, I think probably not not to beat a dead horse, but I think probably taking responsibility mm-hmm. never. So the que- the four questions I, that I have my clients at answer is are, who am I blaming for whatever it is in my life that I don't like? Who am I blaming? What are my excuses? What am I complaining about? And what am I waiting for? And so those questions help us to take personal responsibility. And then I have my clients use, and I'm a big believer in affirmations. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, um, I think there's a way to get there to using them. Even if you're uncomfortable, sometimes we're uncomfortable. Anyway, that's all over the conversation, but anyway, I have them do an affirmation. I accept 100% responsibility for my life and everything in it. And to use that and to say that affirmation. So that's the big one, because if you do not take responsibility Everything is everybody else's fault. I can't get clients because of the economy. I can't get clients because Facebook, Facebook's algorithm is jacked up. I can't get clients because, um, you know, YouTube isn't putting me at the top of the, whatever that is. Um, so we're blaming somebody else. And as long as we're blaming somebody else, we are incapable of taking action to change. As long as my problems are your fault, I'm waiting for you to change and I'm not doing anything. I have to take responsibility. It's okay. No matter how Dr. C is going to behave or what she's going to do or how she's going to try to keep me down, this is what I'm going to do to make things better. So that's the big one. Um, The second thing at 100%, the second thing is changing our self-talk, changing our negative beliefs um, and doing the work around eliminating that negative self-talk, um, that is absolutely essential. The Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And normally we think about that as the effect that we have on other people. I don't want to hurt you with my words. But, doctor, the, the most powerful words we'll ever hear are God's. The second most powerful words we'll ever hear are our own. And the things that you tell yourself are going to control your life more than what anybody else says to you. And as long as you say that you're a loser, you're going to you're going to live that. As long as you say you're a failure, you're going to live that. But when you learn how to overcome and eliminate that, that's when things really begin to change. And then the third thing I think is the creation of that vision. Too many of us are focused on what we don't want 
Too many of us are focused on what's going wrong. And, you know, if you jump in the car and just start driving, you're probably not going to end up anywhere that you want to be. But if you get in the car and set your GPS for a very specific destination, chances are very good that you're going to get there. And that's what a life vision does. You've got to create it. You've got to connect with it every day or you're not going to stay motivated. No, that was so well put. And I think there's so many things there, but the biggest thing is just understanding that we can't make excuses if we're trying to change anything or focus on changing, not trying, but actually doing, but we have to do the work and you can blame other people. You can do that, but then you're going to stay stuck and not see those changes that you're looking for because at the ultimately we make those decisions based off of our behaviors and our actions. And of course, but it stems from our thoughts, but I think it's being able to take that accountability and knowing that we're all meant for great things, but it's allowing ourselves to not get in our own way and make excuses or blame anyone. But I so appreciate everything you've shared today, David, but Thank where you. can people find you use your services? We're going to link everything below, but if you could let us know too. Yeah. So I run everything through my Facebook page. Uh, and so I tell people, if you, if you search David Price on Facebook, uh, there's a stunningly handsome David Price that comes up right at the top. I'm the one right underneath him, so I'll be right below him. Uh, but I'm David Price in Moorhead City, North Carolina. Um, and so you can find me on Facebook that way. Um, also, my email is david at davidpricecoachinggroup.com. Uh, and I would love to connect with anybody. And you know, I'm not going to try to sell you anything, but if I can help you, uh, encourage you, come alongside you, as you said. I would love to do that uh, for anybody that needs help. So reach out and let's talk. Thank you so much, David. This conversation is so enlightening for me, but I so appreciate you being here today and just sharing your journey with us and everything that you're doing to make the world a little bit better than it is. <laughs> Thank you, doctor. And I appreciate everything you do and I appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much. I'm very appreciative. Absolutely. And make sure to like, subscribe, comment below. What was the biggest takeaway from David today? I'm sure he would love to see that comment and we will see you on the next episode. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.